Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep our friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. And Doug. Today's movie was suggested to us by Nick, which is me. For those joining us for the first time, which is likely everyone, as this is the first episode we're sharing with the world, we start off each episode with a quiz time, which consists of two rounds of three questions to determine who will earn today's trivia crown. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. Today's movie is 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, which falls into the action-adventure genre. This is where the world is introduced to uh, Indiana Jones, who, as the title says, <laughs> is on a quest to find the Lost Ark. Uh, we follow him through a variety of different countries and locations to where the Nazis of all people have determined where the remains of the Ark are and are planning to use it as a weapon. Of course, the United States does not want them to have access to it and enlists Indiana Jones to get it before they do. And then the rest of the fun ensues, and we will talk about it later. The director was Steven Spielberg, a little indie you know, uh, director. Now he has done a lot of major movies. Some of these include Jaws, E.T., Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, and one of Tom's favorite movies, I think, he can correct me later, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, adjacent movies in 1981, just to kind of put this into perspective, there were some interesting ones. One of my favorites, actually, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, uh, Superman 2, Stripes, The Evil Dead, and Escape from New York were all in theaters around this time. Uh, a little bit of why I decided to use this as the key movie for us to change what used to be our private conversations into a more public podcast was I really uh, love the Indiana Jones franchise. It was probably one of the earlier ones I was introduced to in my youth, and I have fond memories on the rare sick days that I had off. Uh, Mom always made me go to school unless I was about to die. Uh, I would sit there and watch the original trilogy. So I, I know these movies inside and out, and I actually debated which one, and when it comes down to it, Raiders, even though I like um, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade a lot, Raiders is just a, a great movie. Um, before we go into it, Tom, do you have any other experience with this movie? Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in years, and I actually had forgotten most of the plot with the exception of the ending. So this is pretty interesting. I think I've just watched the latter two films, not the Crystal Skull one. I haven't seen that, but the second and the third film. So this actually felt kind of fresh. I had forgotten a lot of it. Okay, Doug, what, what is your history, if any, with this movie? So uh, I think I'd seen parts of it growing up and I'm not sure when I saw the whole thing uh, in its full form, but I did watch it maybe last year so it wasn't uh too long ago since i've seen it yeah this is this is my favorite of the of the series um i think i'd seen the last crusade the most growing up and for a while that was my favorite just because i was more familiar with it and uh like you guys i was not born when this came out i was negative three uh so um so the first actually the first uh 
exposure to Indiana Jones I think I had was watching parts of the Temple of Doom when I was pretty young. And it just, you know, scared the crap out of me. I'm sorry uh, to hear, Doug, that was your introduction <laughs> to Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> At least it wasn't Crystal Skull. <laughs> yep. Uh, I feel bad for <laughs> the much younger generation. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think Raiders is, 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 a, is a really classic movie and definitely my favorite of, of the series. Great. Great. And, and, and it's funny you should say that, too, because I did watch of a lot of The Last Crusade when I was younger as well. But when I really break it down, Raiders is a great movie. It's time for Movie Quiz. The first round, the categories of the first round are it's a trap, location, 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 and action. So in the first round, each question will be worth one point and i'm going to start with doug we randomly flipped a hypothetical coin <laughs> at the beginning before recording and really doug didn't did. know he won but he won oh so doug i'm yeah. gonna let you choose which of the categories you want to start with again it was it's a trap location 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 and action Ooh, i think i will start with uh location 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 there's a third one <laughs> you got it wrong already <laughs> <laughs> okay it's time for question one location 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 indiana jones is identified as a professor of archaeology an expert on the occult and an obtainer of rare antiquities what are the major locations indiana jones visits in his hunt for said artifacts and just to break down the format, we're going to alternate between each one of you to share a single location, and the winner is the last one to say a correct major location. So, Doug, we will start with you. What is one of the locations uh, that he visited uh, when searching for these artifacts in this movie? I will start with Nepal, which I believe that, is the first. That is correct. Nepal is correct. Tom. South America. More specific. It doesn't get more specific. Okay. In the beginning South, America. South America. They, yeah. the, everything is made up after that. <laughs> Correct. We'll go with Egypt. Yes. Cairo, Egypt. The Well of Souls. You know... I'm going to give it to you. It's a place. It's technically, <laughs> it's technically Tanis, but I will give you Well of Souls. Mm -hmm. The lost city of Tanis. Mm -hmm. The Nazis found in the desert. Doug. Let's see. Uh, I believe it's one of the Greek islands. It's unnamed. I, I, will, I will count movie. that. An island in the Aegean Sea. Is I believe how it's it is. near Crete, if yes. I remember the map. Yes. And unless Tom can think of one <laughs> that I can't think of, I think Doug is taking it down. He goes to England. They never get there. He goes to England at the end, doesn't he? Um, well, no, but that's not in search of an antiquity. He, oh, he okay. hires a boat to England. So, Doug... Uh, you both did a great job, but Doug is going to get the, <laughs> the right. first point on the board there. Uh, 
Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, though, I will let you pick the next of the categories. The remaining ones are It's a Trap and Action. Let's go with It's a Trap. Okay. It's time for question two. It's a Trap. We first encounter our lead protagonist, Indiana Jones, already in the midst of an adventure to retrieve a golden idol from an ancient booby-trapped temple. How many traps and obstacles does Indiana Jones have to navigate through to get in and out of the temple? The closest to the number without going over wins. Ties will only award points if it's an exact amount. And you have to think through this. What would it take for him to get in and out? I'll give you a few seconds to come up with some figures. Just to clarify, this is within the structure or Um, just... In general, not just within the structure. I think I know where you're going with that. In general, what would it take for him to get how many obstacles or traps to get into his objective and how many to get out? I'm trying to think of what you consider an obstacle. But, uh, I will give you a, I, I will give you, discuss I, further. <laughs> I will give you a freebie one. A freebie one would be the pit with spikes. Ah, Okay. Wait, so that doesn't count to our final number? Or uh, you can include it in the final number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just giving you a reference point. And in and out, okay? I got something. Okay, so I'm not sure what you're counting as obstacles, but yeah, I'll just I'll have a number to guess. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Are you both locked in? Tom, start it off. Seven. Seven. Doug, what was your number? I will go with five. Okay. Well, you guys might hate me, but I got pretty granular. (laughs) So I have 11. (laughs) (laughs) So it will go to Tom. But again, even if I didn't do it this way, it still would have went to Tom. So I was thinking physically what he'd have to accomplish to get in, what they've showed us, and the same things he'd have to accomplished to get out of there so in the beginning Does this include cardio like having good cardio no no i, I will actually <laughs> that's a challenge for us all i friend. i well that's part of it when he's uh running away from the blow darts but but needless to say um this is what i counted he originally there was a a big family of tarantulas okay then there was if you step into the light you get uh, uh skewered with spears followed by a pit with spikes then there was the blow darts with the floor with the mud traps, the golden idol with the weight, uh, more blow darts because he had to run away <laughs> through the blow darts. He had to get over the pit of spikes again. The stone door was dropping, again with the light and the spears, the giant rolling boulder, and the part that I'm probably taking some liberties on, there was a lot of spider webs that had more tarantulas probably in them. So, <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't the... Didn't the um... Uh, this the golden fertility god caused yeah. the boulder to go? Uh, I know it caused the doors to open down and all of that. So yeah. even if you could take some liberties there uh, on what triggered what, but yes. Yeah. I, think I, still, I think technically that's not an obstacle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think a giant rolling boulder is always <laughs> an obstacle. But needless to say, I, again, I was just having some fun with it. Okay. But um, in general, that's, that's how I came up with uh, those numbers. It wasn't just screen time. I was actually trying to think, of how he would it be have to be able to escape. I actually don't know if that's what triggered that, Tom, 
or if it was uh, the, the closing of the doors. You know, it, there's a little bit of movie magic there. Funny enough, whenever I see these scenes in movies, even though I thoroughly enjoy them, all that goes through my mind is like, once they're triggered, who's resetting these traps? You know, like, why not just trigger all the traps and then go in? But that takes away from the, the fun. They had a tribe of people who are fairly devoted to keeping that fertility guy. Do you think those, those, um, what was their name? The Wizotos? Yeah, what was it? Wizotos, okay. Yes. <laughs> I, didn't get the, I didn't get the sense that they were maintaining that temple. Because it's too bad. I mean, I, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. God was shiny. That's true. Yeah, they were, but but they were following them for for days. Yeah, I wasn't getting the vibe that they were. They were if they were protecting the temple, they would just kind of be there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember that one line: "Poison still fresh." Three days, (laughs) and they had the blow dart. So, needless to say. Um, Tom, you will be awarded the one point. Even if my math was incorrect, you still were closer to a higher number. Um, but I was just having some fun with that. So, Doug, I, I, I think you may want to choose um, action. Yes, I think I will choose action. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for question three. Action. The amazing action sequences associated with the Indiana Jones franchise all started in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. These have been referenced in a variety of media and even replicated in popular theme park attractions to this day. What are the major action sequences that occurred in this film? Again, we're going to do one of those fun things where we're going to alternate, and the last person to say a correct one will receive the points. Doug? You are first. And it has to be, when I say an action sequence, think like a multi-minute type thing, not just a quick punch to the face or something. Something that... Start with uh, the whole um, chasing down the the truck that's carrying the arc and the whole... I guess that, that all counts as one sequence, but he... Yeah, no, no. Chases it down, takes over the truck, uh, falls out... It falls out of the truck, I think, or gets knocked <laughs> under it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty long sequence, but but this you had on one. Yeah. Yes, ca- capturing the truck containing the arc is definitely one of the action sequences, and it's it's it really is a good one. That's the one too where the he gets thrown through the truck, as you were saying. Then he crawls under the truck, and then he's hanging on with the back of his whip. I'm like, that would hurt yeah. so much with the gravel and everything. Crawls back up throws the Nazi guy out. And I, I just, even when I was a young kid, the Nazi guy grabs one of the, like um, the, the guardrails above the radiator. And yeah. because Indy was already there, it just bent and he falls right. It gets run over. <laughs> so that is one Tom moving on to another action sequence. We'll do the one we just mentioned getting the fertility God out of that temple. That is another one escaping the temple natives, Belloc, um, in South America. And when I looked into it, you're absolutely right. In the movie, it says South America. For some reason, when you look up it up like more details, it actually says it was Peru. But you're right. In the title screen, it says South America in 1936. Yeah, they're, they're not Havera. There are no... Ha- yeah. Haveros? What are they called again? Ovitos. Yeah. Ovitos, yeah. 
they, they don't exist. Oh, no, no. So. I'm not saying it's based on a true story. Oh, yeah. but, but I do know when like, I was like, looking up about the mm-hmm. movie, they said it was improved, but you're absolutely right. That I believe the title sequence no, said like, South America 1936. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I, I looked up some trivia, and, and I think the, yeah. Peru things come, the Peru thing comes from uh, the number or the, the serial number on the plane, which oh. is apparently what they use in Peru. And that's okay. how... Yeah, you they know, tracked the, it down the loyal there. fans uh, figured that out. That is interesting. Uh, I, I actually, always get my plane serial numbers. Yeah. Ah, Tom, up. what are you yeah. thinking about, man? But, you got to get your priorities yeah. straight. <laughs> but then again, you know, planes can go between countries, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're still good with the generic South America. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, Tom, you are keeping this alive. He's turning it back over to you, Doug. All right. I will go with the epic bar fight in... Peru, or sorry, uh, Nepal, where the bar burns down, um, where uh, Indy first meets, or first reconnects re- with yes. Marion, and they uh, they embark on the adventure. Together. Yes. In fact, at the end, he says, not only did he get it, he's gotten a, he has a partner now. So, uh, yes, uh, the bar fight in Marion's bar in Nepal. And apparently, we also learn in that sequence that uh, Marion can hold her liquor, which will come up later in the movie. <laughs> so, yes, the bar fight. Tom, he's turning it back over to you. Uh, rescuing Marion from many, many baskets. One of many, many baskets. Yes, I am going to call that. Uh, I think you get credit for the chase through the bazaar in Cairo, Egypt. I believe mm-hmm. that is what you're referring to. And that actually is a great action sequence. I always loved the scene where you have the, the guy with the, the black robes and the red sash, and he's got this giant scimitar, and it's all like threatening, and then he just takes out his gun and shoots him like it's nothing and walks away. By the way, you don't think he should be arrested? <laughs> I'm not sure how that works, if that was really self-defense at that moment. But uh, the jury's out on that one. Uh, yes, I don't that- know. The guy's got a giant sword. and <laughs> Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, also another country. (laughs) So, I I read uh, a little bit of trivia on this since I I think it's relevant is that there was supposed to actually be a whole fight scene uh, where he uses his whip and, you know, it's an extended scene. But um, Harrison Ford had dysentery or food poisoning. And apparently, I think they were shooting all that in Tunisia where it was really hot and everybody was suffering badly so they just cut cut the whole scene short by shooting him and it's a great scene it's a, it's an yeah. absolute great scene and the it other might part have been of that, much better because of it yeah the yeah. the the subtlety of it just like boom um the other thing Very i always got subtle <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> But needless to say, I also love in that sequence that you have uh, 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 a monkey Nazi spy <laughs> who's who's really like bringing br- pretty much makes that whole sequence happen. The little monkey that Marion finds on the street was really a, a, a secret agent for the Nazis. So it's it's uh, it's, it's a little fun. <laughs> so I think we're turning it back over to Doug for another action sequence. Hmm. I know there's still a bunch left. <laughs> it's okay. Give I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you a moment. 
Um, I guess you'll have to let me know if this counts or not, but the when they open the arc and all the Nazis get killed, most of them pretty violently. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty pretty epic. Yeah, you know what's funny? I actually didn't count that as an action sequence. It's more like an event that occurs, but Indy <laughs> is in busting skulls and uh, okay, you know. So I I didn't count that one, um, but it is a cool scene, and we can definitely talk about that scene. But the other ones that um, I think were relevant was. Do I get to go? Wait, is it is it over? It's over. It's over. No, it's over. Because okay. Tom oh. was the last one to get it. So oh, I see. Mm-hmm. one of the big ones, uh, there's there's another one, but one of the big ones that we missed, we talked about the truck, but the fight at the airfield outside of Tannis. That's a mm-hmm. big sequence where you have the big burly bald um, German Nazi soldier where they get the fist fight. Oh. And then Marion gets caught in the, the plane, of course, and the gasoline catch on, catches on fire and blows up. That's why they actually had the whole sequence where they decided to transport it via truck so that they could get it to an airfield in uh, Cairo. So that was like, and that's one that I was alluding to that the theme park attractions, they still have that in uh, Universal Studios. That's one of the main scenes they replicate is the whole uh, fight at the airfield outside of Tannis. So that the, was one that I, I think was uh, another relevant one. Well, a souls one too, right? Where they have I had, to- I have that here too. The no, other one I had was esca- escaping the well of souls was a, another action sequence. Those were the only ones that I had. I did actually debate Doug, if I was going to include the Island scene, but even when he, um, aims the bazooka or whatever missile launcher at the arc. There really is no action scene there. It's just okay. he kind of surrenders, and then that stuff does happen. So you know, it's 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 debatable on that one. But I, based on those parameters, I'm, I'm going to give that to Tom. Yeah, but you guys are doing awesome. <laughs> so um, at the end of round one, Tom is leading two to one. And we just have to take a quick commercial break. We are so fortunate, even though we're such a new podcast, that we've really gotten some amazing sponsors to help us pay the bills as we get started. So uh, tune in for that, and we'll be back in a moment. Have you ever started a fun craft for a school project or your local Lions Club, and suddenly the power goes out? Oh, no. How will you demonstrate the wonders of photosynthesis? or let the community know about responsible recycling. Fortunately, your parents bought you Instant Combustion Poster Board, the self-combusting poster board now available from Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated. Whenever you need instant illumination, just gently rub the back of the poster board once or twice and wow, that poster is on fire. Your fifth-grade assembly hall will be alight with wonder when your science demonstration bursts into a conflagration of education. Your municipality will appreciate being able to follow sizzling bright recycling instructions despite riot-inspiring blackouts. That's Instant Combustion Poster Board from Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated. Set your mind on fire. And also, your poster board. 
That's instant combustion just for you from Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated. And we're back at the beginning of round two. In round two, each of these questions will be worth two points, okay? And the important thing with round two is that all of these questions are going to be subjective. So if you do not get the exact answer, the best answer will be deemed correct and awarded two points. An additional bonus point is available for each answer if you get the exact answer I was looking for. The categories for round two include the dark side, practically speaking, and quotable quotations. Doug, I'm going to let you go first. Which one of these would you like to explore? I will take quotable quotations for two points. <laughs> okay. It's time for question four. Raiders of the Lost Ark, as well as the entire Indiana Jones franchise, well, at least one through three, um, is a very quotable movie filled with, a nice, uh, with nice one-liners and friendly banter exchanges. What is the best quote in the movie? Of course, you can paraphrase. Keep in mind, if you get what I think is the best quote, you will get the additional bonus points. Well, I'm not sure what you think is your favorite. <laughs> but I think, I think mine, after having watched it the last time, uh, would be when they're, when they're in the boat and Marion is treating Indy's wounds, uh, he says, uh, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Good quote. Good quote. Tom, what is the best quote? There's the best quote, and then there's the quote that you would like. Um, <laughs> and I think these are different quotes. <laughs> well, which is the one you want to put your points on the line for, and then you can share the other one with us, too? I, I think the best quote, I'm going to have to paraphrase this, is... Now, is this the one you're putting as your answer, or you just want to... Um, no, I, I don't think this is your favorite quote. I, I, I think the best quote is like, a, um, we are just passing through history, but this is history. Belloc, yeah. Belloc, yeah. yeah. Um, I think your favorite quote is, snakes, why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's your favorite, Nick. The, what I what I will tell you is my actual favorite. Uh, would you want to know the actual favorite first, or Do yeah, I, can we keep I'll, guessing? I'll start with the actual favorite, and it's it's actually one of my favorite movie quotes in general. So it's at the end of the movie where the, this, they're discussing the fate of the Ark. And Major Eaton goes, he's like, where's the Ark? Where's the Ark? And Major Eaton goes, we have top men working on it right now. In, and, and Indiana Jones goes, who? He goes, top men. <laughs> I just love that quote. I don't know why. <laughs> and then they show you with the Ark being, you know, moved into some kind of uh, warehouse, which it will never be seen again until they make a fourth movie and they kind of have an Easter egg for it. But we spoiled it for Tom. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No. It's an it's an Easter egg. It's not now even it's like not even worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's what made it not worth watching. Now it's an Easter egg. They happen to be in a warehouse, and a box gets broken, and you happen to see a little bit of 
the arc. So that's actually my favorite one. Um, between the two of them, I, I have to, they're both very good quotes. I do have to uh, say they're very good quotes, but I think Tom did actually get me a little bit better on this one. So Tom, you are going to get two points for this one. Doug, it's not personal. <laughs> I do like that quote too, but that's just exactly subjective, but it's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry. The rest of this whole round is subjective. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> okay. So after, uh, so that was quotable quotations. Tom, are you going to choose the dark side or practically speaking? The dark side. Okay. It's time for question five. Between the portrayal of Nazis, its supporters, and those aligned for personal interests, I innately compare antagonists in other movies to the high bar set by Raiders of the Lost Ark and, to some degree, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the third of the series, as we know. We are introduced to one of these parties, the French archaeologist René-Emile Belloc, early in the film. What is Belloc's most evil act throughout the movie? Again, if you get the exact act I'm thinking of, you will get an additional bonus point. So there's what I think, and there's what you think. <laughs> Don't worry, Tom. You're going to get your turn. <laughs> Who goes? It's, 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 um, you picked it, so you go first. No, I mean, I it's, go you're going to, okay. you, when you introduce your movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think the, the most evil thing he does is, you know, uh, violate God's covenant. <laughs> <laughs> and release the wrath of Yahweh himself. Um, that's pretty bad. <laughs> what you think is the evilest thing he does, I, I think it is locking them in the well of souls, locking Indiana and Marion in the well of souls. Doug, what do you think? Hmm. I feel like there's, there's a worse one, but... Um... I know, right? <laughs> I feel it's on the tip of my tongue. There's, there's got to be something worse. Um, I guess uh, poisoning the dates or, have, or ordering somebody to poison the dates, which would kill uh, Indy, Marion, and Sala and his family. And the monkey. That was a monkey. good. That's good, but I don't know if he issued the, that or if it was the Nazis himself. I will say Tom is kind of locked into my psyche at the moment because Tom actually got the exact one right. So when Indiana Jones and Marion got, th uh, well, Indiana Jones was in the, the well of souls and then Marion got thrown in the well of souls. And even though he wasn't really a fan of that at first, he just kind of said, wasn't meant to be. And they close up the vault and that's a death sentence. Like that's not even like a casual death sentence that should have been unless you know, if it wasn't for the fact that Indiana Jones was Indiana Jones, anyone else would be dead in that situation. So, um, Tom, you are getting three points for this one. Yeah. Doug, excellent answer. I just don't know if there was proof that Belloc actually put that order. Um, I still think violating yeah. the commandment of God <laughs> and destroying an do you know why? platoon. <laughs> no, but do you know why? I don't actually think that one, because they got what they deserved. 
So when he opened that up, all of the people who witnessed that got punished for it. So that mm -hmm. was God self-correcting. So I don't think if he actually used that as a tool and went around, so that kind of mm -hmm. backfired on him. That's why I didn't. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it backfired mm -hmm. on him. So that's why I didn't, you know, share that. Yeah. Just, um, just to argue, well, I guess not so much my point, but, uh, you know, he didn't order um, Marion to be dropped in the wall. Yeah. So. Yeah. He, but he didn't fight it once they did it because then he just was like, oh, well. You're done. Peace. <laughs> so I, I do understand where you're going there. So unfortunately, I can't award you any points, though, even though I like a lot <laughs> of your answers today. So Tom is still ahead, 7-1. Uh, and don't worry, I got some bonus questions uh, um, at the end of this one, too. So we have one remaining in the round two section here. And the only one we have left is... Practically speaking, Doug, would you like practically speaking? I think I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to love this one. Another subjective one. It's time for question six. The director, Steven Spielberg, uses a variety of practical effects throughout Raiders of the Lost Ark, in which I personally feel still hold up in present times, even though this movie was released in 1981. What scene best exemplifies Spielberg's usage of practical effects and you get a bonus point if you agree with me you would make an excellent dictator <laughs> if you're looking to switch careers <laughs> i think i'm gonna go we, we, well we've talked about the well of souls a lot but i'm gonna have to go back with that because they used uh real snakes for that and they used a piece of glass to prevent that one uh, snake from actually biting Harrison Ford. And apparently it's spit venom onto the glass. So, <laughs> so it's a good thing it was there. <laughs> so that's, that's my answer. Real snakes. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Tom, what are you I'm locked gonna, in on? I'm going to go with the melting faces just because it looks like they took a cast of, of the face of the head um, and the plaster cast and then literally melted it. <laughs> I agree with the face melting scene. It was always oh. my favorite. I'm sorry, <laughs> Doug. I like your answer. <laughs> so especially, I don't know why I was always, uh, I, I always thought it was so cool of the two that it happens to the Nazi commander, Arnold told, he was like that really weird looking guy when his face with the black hat and the black um, that actually was my, my favorite, uh, favorite scene of the, of the movie. Uh, like when it comes to practical effects, there were a lot of good practical effects. And, and even though it was made in 1981, I, I think they, they really do hold up. Like it doesn't feel like as old of a movie as it is. I, I think it was done well. In fact, sometimes I feel like movies overly use CGI when they don't necessarily need to, uh, going back to that, uh, Nazi commander, who melted away. There was a scene where um, Belloc had Marion in a tent in the desert uh, outside of Tannis, and she's trying to escape by getting him drunk. And then this Nazi commander walks in, and 
my father and I used to get a kick out of that scene like so much where you see him and he has this like uh, it, it looks like metal with like chain link and he comes in a real menacing matter and he's folding it and he gets everything and you think he's going to use it as a weapon and it was like a coat hanger <laughs> for his coat I just love that scene it's so stupid but I loved it so um, right now going into the end here it is 10 to 1 however however <laughs> I've got a little bit of a gauntlet for Doug. Okay? The next question is worth oh 20 points. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have three questions coming up. Okay? If you answer all three questions, we are tied. Okay? All I have to do is answer them, huh? <laughs> 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 Correctly. Correctly. It's time for a bonus question. First off, the first question is, what was the name of Pilot Jock's snake in the plane? What was the name of Pilot Jock's snake in the plane? I think I know. No, no, it's Doug. Just Doug. Yeah, this is the comeback. I feel like, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a female name. Uh, I'm going to guess Shelly. Okay. Uh, It is not Shelly. So, um, I will go through the, the dialogue. Indiana, he jumps back into the plane after he's running away from the Hovitos tribe. And he yells, there's a big snake in the plane, Jock. And Jock goes, oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. I hate Reggie. snakes, Jock. I hate him. Oh, Come on, Reggie. show a little backbone, oh. will you? I thought it was so, Randy. I, I had Randy. <laughs> so, Doug, I, unfortunately, uh, um, I, I can't award you the points there, and the end <laughs> of the catch-up gauntlet is over. Tom, congratulations uh, for winning 10-1. Uh, to 1. Doug, you had some amazing answers, and unfortunately, Tom was locked into my psyche on a lot of the subjective <laughs> questions. While we recover from that fierce competition, let's take a, a moment away uh, for one of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Do you hate snakes? Do you always question why did it have to be snakes? Then Patio Patrick Serpent Removal Superstore is the place for you. No matter what your removal needs, whether conflicted by constrictors or your nemesis is venomous, we've got what you need. Torches, gas tanks, snake charms, snake flutes, snake baskets, and more. For those do-it-yourself removals gone awry, you've got to check out our large selection of anti-venom. Talk about a lifesaver. Have a rat problem? Not our problem. Call an exterminator. Got a basement, vault, or tomb overloaded with slithery reptiles? Our board-certified trained specialists are ready to clear out that crypt for a low, low price. What value? So come on down to Patio Patrick's on St. Street, where we make serpent removal fun and easy. And we're back. Again, Tom, congratulations on taking down uh, this week. Doug was a fierce competitor, but uh, Tom somehow got locked into my brainwaves with some of these subjective questions. So good on you. Now we're entering our famous movie rant section where we can talk about anything we want regarding this movie. It's time for Movie Rant. Now I've done a lot of talking. So would any of you like to start? Yeah, I <laughs> so, so I have to say rewatching this movie or seeing it again since I was a child, I don't think I was in as enamored with it as I thought I'd be. Um not that I disliked it, but I it, 
it's actually a lot faster than I remember it. Uh, it's a lot quicker, but. What do you anyway, mean by yeah. that? What do you mean by quicker? It, it's, um, it sort of moves from sequence to sequence, from beat to beat, without a lot of breath. There are these really nice moments. I mean, um, Spielberg knows how to direct, uh, direct a little joke or direct uh, you know, these kind of magic tricks that come out of his movies. Um, and Harrison Ford, you know, it can add these comic moments into it. Um, but the movie is on a gallop, isn't it? It is a fast yeah. movie. I yeah. think that's why I always liked it, though, because it was <laughs> fast-paced, a lot of action. They were moving places. So, like, I never – I think – and again, I, I've been watching this movie since I was young. And it's, it's probably Indiana Jones. You got Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and when I was a little kid, Ninja Turtles. That's not really something I keep watching now. But those other ones, I mean, I just still watch them every once in a while and this this movie whenever i i watch it and and again the third one specifically i i think they really hold up well um even to today but i again you're right it is fast but for me that was a positive i just enjoyed the action the other ones aren't as such from what i remember i mean temple of doom um it's the most contained one it's all it's it's in one location yeah um but i I feel like the pacing is a little steadier or slower at least. It, it kind of can relax at moments. Um, and Last Crusade, I remember being very long. It's just, there's a lot of like character building stuff. Uh, well, could yeah, you see a- him at different stages of his life too? But let, you know, we'll go back to this one specifically. I'm also interested in kind of some of the, I, I don't know much about this kind of error of movies, but the sort of source materials that inspired it. The sort of Rudyard Kipling through like Gunga Din, through these kind of old serial comic books. Um, this movie seems to be standing on a tradition that's somewhat out of, out of vogue now. And it's not something I'm familiar with. I mean, I've read a, some Rudyard Kipling, but honestly, it doesn't age well. And a lot of it's passed out of my memory. Um, but I don't know if you guys had any experience with the sort of stuff that Spielberg and Lucas are are playing with in in these three films. I can't say I'm uh, overly familiar with those references and how they tie into here, but I do know you are right with that being the influences that they had. Um, what I will say is, and we were talking before about Peru or South America, there are a lot of liberties taken in these movies to adjust history and facts, you know, so it's not accurate in that yeah, regard. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a, a, regardless, I mean, it's, it's a colonial story, right? They're, they're all colonial stories. Um, you know, you're sort of writing the people you're occupying. You know, that, that's, that's what you're Kipling straight up mm-hmm. and down. I mean, he, he saw that as his obligation to kind of bring, Britishness to or Englishness to wherever it is he went. Um, this is a little different in the sense that we're now not dealing with native people anymore. The native people are there, but they're sort of incidental. It's really, you know, Americans and Brits, if you count Marcus, uh, his boss, I think, at the college. At the um, Marcus Brody? Is that who you're yeah, talking about? Yeah. Is that his yeah. boss? Or the no, the so, yeah, so... He's the dean. Dean, okay. Well, my understanding is that Brody works for the museum. 
and that he hires, he pays uh, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford's character, for the different artifacts. I didn't think he was associated with the, the, the school at all. I thought he was associated with the museum because he, okay. he always says, well, it's, it's, it's inconsequential to our conversation, but mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Brody is always saying, oh yeah, the, you know, the museum will buy these as usual. Like this is like a side hustle that Indy does, except he believes it belongs in a museum, which is referenced in one of the later movies. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's, it's like kind of, you know, um, whether it's from a museum or from the university, Yeah, it's sort of this kind of like, you know, the, the, British are sending out, you know, their people in, into these kind of jungle areas to collect things. And usually there's this idea of kind of civilizing the area into which you occupy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the task of, of the, 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 these Anglo, you know, the uh, British Anglicans to come in and do that. Um, they change it for this movie because you're no longer fighting the natives or civilizing the natives or in conflict there it's it's you have this nazi thing which always embodies evil right you know nazis are just darth vader um but they really happen and the the fighting kind of takes place in these different colonized areas um but i you know i thought that kind of evolution from this sort of the british going into africa to whatever this was where they're, they're ignoring the kind of world around them to look at one another, the two people being the, you know, the, the British or the American in this case, and the, the Germans and the French, I guess, um, you know, it's really just the one case. French guy, yeah, but yeah. yeah, whatever the, like, you know, this kind of, uh, American European standoff in this kind of mysterious circle or, or within this mysterious space. Um, is kind of an interesting evolution from those kind of old colonizing stories. To support that too, is there's a line from uh, Salah, who is the person from Egypt, who's one of the miners and all that. He literally says when the, when the Nazis came there, it was like the pharaohs have returned because they have everyone working. And it's from, I mean, they may not be physically slaves, but it was, you know, hard, grueling work and they had everyone going in poor condition. So it's, it's interesting to see that angle in this approach. The other thing is when you were talking about Darth Vader and realization, that's why in one of my questions, I always from the Indiana Jones movie, specifically Raiders. And to some extent, as I said, last crusade, the Nazis just made the perfect villains. And then they always had somebody who was using them to accomplish their own personal agenda, which in this case, case was Belloc. So it's, it was, always a nice i always just thought the way they handled it not saying it's super complex or intellectual but it just really played out really well in the who's truly at power who's truly evil or who's the puppet and who's getting their way you know was the fuhrer getting his way or was bella getting his way and in certain ways certain times he was clearly the puppet and the other times who was truly calling the shots so i thought that was quite, quite kind of interesting too yeah, and that's what Nazis can stand in for absolute evil. Mm-hmm. Right? So whatever you have to do to stop the Nazis, you can do. You know, this is, uh, that's, that's what they've become in, 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 you know, film and books and whatever. Talking about some of the other major characters, um, Marion, it didn't come up much in my questions, but 
the more I look at her character, and she has some witty one-liners too. There's a lot of, I, I think that even though it's very action-paced, there is a lot of uh, friendly banter and one-liners thrown into the movie throughout everything going on. But the more I watch it with her is she really is a plot device. Um, there's really not much to mention except for we know she can hold her liquor and she's a female and females like Indiana Jones. So, you know, I, I just looked at it, you know, and thinking about some of the other movies, specifically uh, Temple of Doom also had just kind of like, Hey, a female act, uh, actress who kind of was a plot device. Do you guys think there was any kind of complexity or levels that I'm missing with Marion and was she effective or what are your thoughts? Um, I, th- I think I liked her more than um, uh, Willie in, in Temple of Doom and then um, was it Elsa or Ilsa in, uh, in Last Crusade. I think she had, I don't, I don't know. So, so like when, when she was you know, introduced in the movie, um, something that wasn't explored more, but um, you know, they talk about the past where, um, you know, Indiana and her were, were a thing, but it was 10 years ago and she says she was a child, which is, um, you know, kind of uh, makes you wonder. <laughs> uh, I think she except, meant that she was probably like late teens or something though. Like, like, yeah, or like early twenties or something. Right. I, I don't think, think it was like literally. Fifth, well, <laughs> I think she was supposed to be 15. Uh, oh, <laughs> and so, and he's a, yeah, and he's the, a graduate student. Oh, yeah. okay. To the, to the, I don't know if it's the script, but the stuff that I read that that cites cites it was that uh, she would have been fifteen and he would have been twenty five. Yeah, that's that's the, that's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. Yeah. Although, wait, what is this? So, 19, 19, early nineteen hundreds. It's it's possible. No, no, but so it would have no, been like thirty twenty six or something. 20, yeah. Still, still, I mean, like there were cases back then yeah. where you had guys in their late twenties marrying like fifteen year olds. Well, I mean, I yeah. mean, age of consent laws are often fourteen, fifteen, or 16. yeah, yeah. So yeah. like the age probably, of consent laws are still around sixteen yeah. in many states now. Yeah, so it's yeah, not, yeah. but it's still like I don't know. That's <laughs> Indiana Jones is a, not not necessarily that he's like the purest person but you know you don't you don't want your hero to (laughs) (laughs) now but as i said based on that time i think he was technically in the clear but that that is a little you know dodgy you know in today's standards it probably would have been back then i'm not quite sure when because typically marriage god in the last like 500 years or so people who got married got married kind of at the same age we get married Mm -hmm. so like late 20s like even going back to the elizabethan era you think people got married when they were kids they didn't they were like yeah. I think the average woman in the age of elizabeth was like 26 and i think this changes like with the baby boomers actually hmm. i think it's a fairly recent thing so well, maybe even back then it was <laughs> not because no, you know what it is a I great just, thing yeah. yeah i know the only reference point i have is that my grandparents on the italian side they definitely had, there was one of those situations where there was like a gap, like they just, and that back then, but again, it might've actually been, it might've actually been earlier than that. No, no, it probably would have been in that range. Cause yeah, yeah it probably would have been in that range. To me, it's not, I mean, 
it, it just, I just wonder like why they had to put that in there. Like why couldn't, um, or just, I mean, make they, they never, just make yeah, her older. Just make her older. They don't specify her age in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the actress uh, was like I, I wanted. I, I thought. I think I did some rough math, and I think she was like twenty-eight or something at the time, which would have made her eighteen, which like, is yeah, yeah, more yeah. acceptable today. Yeah. But it's yeah. like okay, then why? I don't know. I guess it would. It's it's better to say, or it flows off the tongue. To say ten years ago, yeah. the movie, as opposed to hey, that was eight years ago. Where, <laughs> but you you're right, though they never explicitly state her age in the movie, so that's more yeah. like what fan research or yeah. There was yeah. a comic book. I know there was an Indiana Jones comic book which filled in details. I, I'm not entirely sure why, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, maybe it was in there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but I liked her though. I don't know. No, I didn't dislike her. I actually do like her, but I just saying the more I watch it, because this is a movie I watch a lot, I realize there's it, it's it's a pretty straightforward character. There's not a lot of levels. You know? Yeah, I yeah. I like her. I like her. I like her red pants. Very oh good. yeah, this is, this is a time when like pants were coming in. Yeah, like, that would have been a, somewhat of a, a statement. Um, well, especially yeah. when you're in the bazaar and everyone's in white robes, it's like so we can yeah. track her while she's running through. The... Yeah, but that's kind of speaks to a sort of independent yeah. woman thing, I think. Yeah. Then they stick her in that awful white dress. Oh. Watching it with a big, <laughs> big white bow on her ass, yeah. you know. This, yeah, it was. Oh God. And then, and then, <laughs> Be- well, no, uh, Bellic was being a little pervy too when she was changing. He was looking through the mirror. To yeah. see, like, again, it was just yeah. the back of her, like, undressing, mm-hmm. but it's just. I, I was just going to say one interesting thing is she killed a, a bunch of people, and I think um, uh, she might have killed as many people as Indy did <laughs> in the movie. With uh, When she was in the plane, she just, like, gunned down a truckload <laughs> of, uh, of soldiers, so. That is kind of cool. <laughs> she also shot, she also shot the, I mean, right off the bat, she shot the guy in her bar. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because we hear the bullet, and Andy's like looking to see if he has a, a bullet yep. hole through his chest. Yeah, and she's so, so, so she's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah, I agree. She's pretty badass. You're right. Yeah, she's like a Catherine Hepburn type, but um, yeah. and she's she's fairly blue blooded, right? Her father was a tenure was a, professor at U of Chicago. Yeah, he was another uh, like archaeologist who like. I don't remember that part of the backstory, but he definitely like did. That was his specialty was looking up like arc. But he was his arc. advisor. He yeah. Was his yeah. advisor at Chicago. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, again, you might be right on that detail. I'm, I'm just not yeah. sure. But yeah, no, she, uh, she's, she's a badass. She's a badass. She does have more, she does have more going for her than some of the other leading ladies in that regard. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Elsa in um, last crusade was, a more complex character, but um, I don't know. I just, I liked um, Marion uh, in this, in this film. Um, so jumping, jumping ahead uh, when they're on the boat, this, the scene that it's, it's always so strange to me. I don't know if you caught you guys as well, but when she's like looking at herself in the mirror or something, and then she flips it and it just hits Andy <laughs> and he just like screams Mm-hmm. And it like cuts to the boat like far away, mm-hmm. like a really strange shot. And then she's like, "Did you say something?" <laughs> <And> it's just <laughs> like 
but it was like a really loud, I don't know if it was the Wilhelm scream, but it was like a <laughs> like crazy scream. Yes. Mm. Out, and yeah, then she, just she was, a, she was in her own little world. But, yeah. you know, funny you should talk about the boat and, and, and or the ship and, and some other scenes. There is still some weird portrayals of like how they're dealing with her as a woman, as a hostage too. So like, this is out of order, but since we're on the ship, he's pretty much like, yeah, we can pretty much trade her, sell her <laughs> because she's a woman. So let us keep her, you know, so we don't lose all our spoils on this one. And then even when Bella has her in the desert or whatnot, he's like, Oh no, we could use her or she's mine or whatever. Like yeah. they're really laying it on. Like she's property. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think the boat captain, after watching it again this time, like it, it seems pretty clear to me that the boat captain was on their side. Agreed. And betraying them. Because he agreed. says he killed yeah. them. Agreed. And yeah, I, agreed. you know, he's not, you know, he says that to try to, I think, save her, that he's yep. not, he's not actually intending to do anything. 100% agree. 100% agree. But the, but the Bellic stuff yeah. is like really kind of weird. Like, yeah. Well, he's, he's mine. He's the villain, so yeah, yeah. But he's a <laughs> villain. But he's he's ruthless when it comes to archaeology. But I didn't know he was like into you know that kind of. I don't know. It's, it's, he's it's, also it's, trying to protect her now and then. Yes, he yeah. is, He doesn't want to see her get tortured. Um, yeah, you know he doesn't want. It's to the see language her. he uses with the Nazis, though. That's the key. Like when he's referring to her. Mm-hmm. with the nazis it's like she's yeah. mine she's this and he gets her in a nice little fancy dress and all that like it's <laughs> kind of weird another thing I, I actually was thinking about this um if indiana had done nothing they still wouldn't have gotten the ark right if indiana did nothing the they ark would have been the ark, the ark would have been everyone. on an island and it would just be on the island However, yeah. maybe someone comes along with a boat <laughs> and finds the ark. But you can't use it because God just keeps killing everyone or whatever the hell those things are. <laughs> yeah. I just feel uh, that, that whole freaking trip, man, he, 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 you know, wasn't really necessary. <laughs> what I actually, it's a, it's a small scene, but when the crate is in the, in the, I believe at that point it's in the submarine. I think it's in the submarine and the crates in the submarine and you hear this like almost inaudible noise and the rats start screaming, the rats start screaming. And then you see the, the, the Nazi swastika just like burn on the edges yeah. of the crate. I just always thought that oh, yeah. was kind of a cool. It was, it, was, it was the boat because you see it charred when, oh, they're, when they were lifting it out to bring it the to boat. the submarine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. It was, it was the boat. I knew it was around that sequence. I couldn't remember exactly, but I yeah. always just thought that was like a powerful, I, it's, it's small, but it, I always thought that was like a powerful, powerful scene, but you're right, Tom, uh, in the end. Well, okay. You want to talk about things that are, are minor things that don't make sense. So that always kind of bugged me was even though i love this movie like i love it to death it's it's really up there on the list of my favorite movies it ju- it just is but when they go to the desert and they go to the map room okay and you needed to have the staff at a certain height and a certain time of day and all that so he goes down there he finds the right thing he puts the stick in the staff in gets his measurements and all he does is break the staff over his knee i'm like 
they could just figure out the length of the staff and they see the hole that you use. Like you didn't really cover your tracks too well there. So I was always just like, okay, whatever, I'll take it. But oh, so here's another thing. He used yeah. a different hole than they did. So yeah. it wasn't just the length of the staff. Um, yes, you're so right. I always wondered about that. Yeah, I guess he read. He interpreted differently. No, the, no, there the was markings. a scene. No, it, it, this, this is. You might have missed it, but it, it was. What happened was the command, no, Nazi commander. I think it's pronounced Tote. He got the burning of the staff, the the headpiece. Yeah. On his hand, but he only got one side. When they mm -hmm. went to the the dealer with uh, Salah, to the guy where they almost got poisons with the dates, when they went yeah. to that guy. The, on the other side, it said subtract a certain amount. Uh, yeah, the, the that, unit was, was Kadan. Okay. Yeah, that was for the length of the the staff. Yes. Yes. Right? Oh yeah. So oh, you're saying that the hole was different too? Yeah, because he like he brushed something off, and it looked like there was it was one hole that was brushed off that they had used. Yeah. He was brushing something off and ended up using a different hole. So you're even right. if they they had the right length, they would have used a different. Yeah, I don't know Would've if that was just hole? because the sand had moved around or if that actually was the hole they used. But I, I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. I just don't know if there was enough evidence to say that that's the one they used. But you're, I know exactly the scene you're talking about. So I, I don't they – didn't, they didn't say that if that was the case, that it said use the other hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they didn't go into that. They just went into the, the length. Um, yeah. Another – random thing that I noticed years ago when I rewatched the movie. There's a scene at the end where Indiana Jones has that rocket launcher pointed at the arc. And if you really pay attention to Belloc, there's a scene when he's talking, it's a very serious scene. A fly lands on his cheek and actually goes into his mouth. <laughs> and I don't know why they didn't cut it. But like there's literally a fly. Did you see it or no? So I was reading up on trivia. I, I okay. actually did my homework for this one. <laughs> okay. And um, Spielberg actually cut a few frames out where the fly actually leaves because he thought it would be funny. Oh. <laughs> it was actually intentional to make it look like he swallowed the fly. Oh, mm. my gosh. Because I did. If you rewatch it, you might notice, like, the frames missing. Like, it's a little. Well, yeah, you just, like, assume it went into his mouth. Like, you can't, yeah. like, tell that it didn't oh that's funny because i definitely like caught that oh gosh i fell for that one definitely oh uh, that's funny so did anybody find the well of souls before indiana did no because they were they were digging in the wrong place but they were digging all over them <laughs> like yeah, it seems it seems a little hard like some of the this is i i think what the the kind of the pace of the movie um, some of those kind of plot points came either a little hard to follow or um, quite hard to understand. Like I didn't quite figure out why they couldn't find the well of souls or why, why he thought Indiana thought he was going to get away from the well of souls. <laughs> They're all around him. <laughs> Wait, who's that team of people? We don't know digging in the one place we weren't digging. So look, he, he was hoping it would be done before the sun came up. That's all I can think of. Yeah. And they ran out of time. The, the mm. arc was a lot heavier than they thought. And they didn't expect the, um, 
you know, maybe all the snakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's another. Oh, we shouldn't uh, have had so many people waiting around. Yeah. After they yeah. actually cleared it. Yeah. yeah. They're just standing there. <laughs> well, actually, that was going to be in my my gauntlet uh, catch up gauntlet questions for Doug. Uh, the you know what kind of venomous snakes were in the well of souls? Uh, do either of you recall the type of venomous snakes? Yes. No, Doug's oh, got a, asps. 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 Oh. So. Oh. So, Egypt, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he goes, "No, the Indiana Jones. This is the why did have to be snakes quote, Tom, that you were talking about mm-hmm. before." He goes like, um, Sala goes, Indy, why does the floor move? And he give, give me your torch. And they look down. And then that's when Indy goes, snakes, why did it have to be snakes? And then Sala, it's a subtle line, uh, asks, very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> Indy, why does the floor move? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have had you read that one. <laughs> so, it does, it but, does also make you wonder like how that many snakes – like, what are those snakes surviving on? <laughs> but, well, I think uh, that's why Indy was thinking that he might be able to crash through that wall and find a way out. I don't know. Just like... Yeah, because they come in through the holes in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, why? Like, why would they go in there? What are they eating besides each other? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The, the other thing is, <laughs> yeah, that hole in the wall, actually, like, how they get out eventually from another hole, um, there's, like... It's like a clear, like wall that's kind of exposed, you know. Whereas when they first dig into it, I mean, it's a different. Like they've moved a bunch chamber. When they it's first a different dig chamber. into it, yeah, it doesn't. You can't tell there's anything to dig into, but when they come out, it's like not a pyramid, but like there's you know stone bricks that are you know actually exposed yeah. that you could see from the outside. And there's yeah. a there's a dude just sitting there leaning against it <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, but again, I, they they crashed through a wall, so like yeah. they're saying it was like a different tomb, a different chamber. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you would have thought instead of digging randomly into the desert, you see this <laughs> this wall there. It's like, hey, maybe there's something in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I had the same in that area. <laughs> I, I had the same problem. I think that sequence didn't didn't work for me. Um, but you don't you don't like necessarily notice the sort of logic flaw because you're on to the next thing before yes. before you have it's a chance o- it, to go. It's only if you really like dig into it because I'm I'm keeping quiet because I had the same thoughts, but I still think everything works out beautifully. <laughs> so that's why I'm not like bent out of shape about it. But you're right. I always was like, wait a minute, there was clearly a stone wall here, just like Doug said. Why didn't they go in that way? But <laughs> they do try to explain that. The, the coordinates that they were looking at, they were just looking differently. And don't forget, this was a buried city. So there were multiple buildings. There were multiple locations. So they were trying to narrow down on where they thought the Well of Souls was. But as we all know, they're digging in the wrong spot. <laughs> one, of, that one, is- of the, one of the scenes I liked was when they, or when Indy gets the Ark you know, in, in the truck and he, he manages, well, he has, he has a small lead on them and he drives right into this, uh, which is actually labeled Omar's garage, which I think <laughs> is hilarious. He just drives in there and then all the locals immediately close it up. It's all like set up. So when the, um, when Belloc and the Nazis swing by, they don't, they don't see anything. They throw um, the melons. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was a funny scene, but it's also like, oh, yeah. you had that all, you know, set up, like he knew where to go exactly. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, but the, but they didn't. The they, did, funny. they did show that the locals did not have love for the Nazis though, because even when they started to cart out the Ark, like there was a there was a big uh, event there. I think the Nazi soldiers yeah. put their guns on the diggers, the miners. Yeah, but at the same time, like there's there was the scene where um, Indy sees Belloc for the first time in Egypt. And and then they're like, you know, he he's about to pull, pull his gun, but then all the locals have guns on him. I think they're ready on, to kill him. I think that was but, his payroll, though. I think that was yeah. like, like. But then, as soon yeah. as they get out, then they're like, oh, they're all on break, and then they're happy, and you see them all like just yeah. walking around laughing, and yeah. it just, I don't know. I thought that was that was very <laughs> weird. Like they're ready to kill him, and then oh, there's kids, and then it's like we're not even gonna follow him. Yeah, <laughs> just like okay. Yeah. I think I think, and then Sala says that there, I, there's a line where he says like they're they're better than the Navy SEALs or something. <laughs> so, by the way, there's no guarantee they wouldn't have shot all those kids. <laughs> but yeah, you know. if, you're, if you're if you're their father, yeah. I mean, Indy's your friend, but do you really send all your kids in? <laughs> and not go in yourself either? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. One of the areas I do want to talk about before we, you know, do wrap up here is we talked about, of course, the end sequence and a few of the questions that came up where they brought the Ark, they did that um, ceremony. And again, which I actually think was also great effects for 1981, um, as Doug was talking about before, too, with the lightning and the ghosts and the fireball and, and Tom brought up the melting I thought that was very, very well done, but we couldn't end this without saying, and it's still to this day, how did Indiana Jones know not to look? That is something that there's no evidence that I can see that says, if we close our eyes, we will be safe. I take it for what it is. I enjoy it. But do you guys know anything I don't know? think that's from the bible i don't think you're supposed to look on the the face of god and survive right? which it's strange because it's not really manifested or, or cashed out as the face of god it's these sort of they, they look like female angels that turn into death angels of death yeah yeah but i, I that was my understanding it's like um you, you can't look at the face of god i think that is it's like being humble part before of god testament. kind of <laughs> I, I just don't think you can stand it. That's why he comes in the oh, form of the oh, burning oh. bush or, yep, or anything yep. like that. I think it's sort of. Um... That Another... makes sense. That yeah. makes sense to what they were trying to do. Yeah. I'm just saying in the movie, they, I don't think they, yeah, they specifically don't... address it. They don't mm-hmm. explain yeah. it. Um, what I, I read in the, in the trivia was that it was either, it was either in the script or it was a cut scene where, um, I think I think he's an imam, uh, the guy who um, consults with Salah and, and Indy to explain what the markings mean. Where he, I, again, it, I don't know if it was in the script or it was actual scene that was filmed, but he tells them or he warns them not to not to touch the ark and not to look at it. And there was another scene that was supposed to be in there where. Um, when Indy and Sala first get to the Ark, Sala's about to touch it, and Indy, Indy says uh, or warns him not to touch it. 
uh, because of what the imam said. So it yeah. might have just been cut so, for time. Well, yeah, it, but uh, yeah, I mean that that's my understanding. But yeah, yeah it, it definitely didn't make sense to me, and you know, watching it, and then I always assumed I just like missed something. Well, when but, when Moses gets the Ark of the Covenant, I, I just looked this up now. He has to wear a veil because he can't look at God, so he has to have his eyes blocked. Mm. So there is. I mean, I know they don't say it, but there is, I mean, if it's like part of the biblical mm-hmm. story of where the ark came from, that's, you know, <laughs> I think that's fair yeah. game to, to use, yeah. And the other part of, since we're talking about ark lore and, and, and symbolism in this movie and just portrayals, the way I always took it was that the dust in there was just the remains of the Ten Commandments over the ages, that's at least how I took it. it. It's also, you have to remember, the, the Ten Commandments are what God wrote, right? It's like the hand of God yeah. that, that touches it. I mean, that's part, of, that's part of what's happening here is you're kind of making contact with God. You know, you know yeah. not supposed to do that if you're a Nazi. <laughs> Very talk, bad talk, Nazi. Yeah, talking about, well, actually, it's funny you should say that. The one Nazi uh, like uh, general or whatever his title was, was like, I'm not very comfortable with this Jewish ritual because <laughs> he's a Nazi and he's mm. doing this ritual. Yeah. I just always, it was like almost like a, like a snooty kind of comment and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, a little anti-Semitic. Okay, a lot. <laughs> but it was just funny. The guy's like, no, we got to do this to make sure that your Fuhrer has his prize, you yeah. know? So but, here's, here's another thing that yeah. um, that occurred to me. So so there's the argument that if Indy, you know, if Indy didn't do anything that, you know, the Nazis would have gotten it, but the Ark, but if he didn't do anything, the Ark would have been flown to Germany, um, right? Probably to Berlin. And oh, if they yeah. it in front of the Fuhrer, mm-hmm. If Indy didn't do anything, then Hitler and all the Nazis would have <laughs> killed Hitler so, <laughs> in 1936. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh yeah. That that so, saves World War Two, right? Yeah. yeah. So Indy, Indy might have screwed us all. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, at least they got top men on it, Doug. Top <laughs> men. Going mm-hmm. back to that sequence, though, I I was looking it up uh, some information, um, and I thought this was interesting. The scene where they do open the arc and the, you know, the lightning bolts start shooting and um, the fireball erupts on Belloc. Originally his head just exploded and they were going to give this movie a rated R rating. So what he did was he added that fireball up in front of it to like dull out the effect. And then they got the PG rating. So they were going to give it a rated R rating because his head exploded yeah. <laughs> in a more I graphic thought, fashion. I would have thought that the melting face would have been more likely to get an R than the <laughs> exploding, exploding head. head. And let's be honest, that melting face is a, is a great practical effect. It's like, yeah. like what, like candle? Is it, like, is it wax? Is it, you know? Yeah. But that, to cool me, that effect. was the most gruesome part of the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I that like vividly like, when I was younger. <laughs> it's also like the, and this is jumping to the the third movie though, when the guy picks the wrong Holy Grail and he goes, he chose poorly and he just rapidly ages. What is yeah. happening to me? <laughs> so, but yeah, those, I, I, I love those kind of practical practical effects that they used on this one. Well, well guys, I had a fun time with uh, this one again, exploring one of my, 
all-time favorite movies and one of my all-time favorite franchises, not including the fourth and who knows about the fifth one that might be coming out next year. Uh, anything else you wanted to uh, bring up while we were chatting about Raiders of the Lost Ark? So one thing I, I, I am hoping, you know, there's not really an indication for the fifth movie to be good, but if the odd movies one and three are good and two and four were bad, the next one is an odd number. So maybe like the Star Trek movies, <laughs> the next one will be good. Can't argue with that logic. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely am open to and receptive to a strong Indiana Jones 5, uh, but I will always have fond memories of 1, 3, and 2 is on there too. I mean, that, that I, I still enjoy 2, but 1 and 3 were really, really the, the good ones, if you will. Um, although short round... <laughs> was an interesting character and I rewatched these movies with my wife a few years back because she just had to experience them I mean if you know just had to be done and there is one scene and again this is not relevant to Raiders of Lost Ark but for some reason she got a kick out of it when he's going out on the bridge towards the end of the movie and there's alligators in the pit below and it's this rickety old ladder you know rope ladder bridge and he jumps on and goes, strong bridge, strong bridge. And then he falls right through. <laughs> <laughs> she was cracking up. And now I just, I, I, it, was, it was funny to me. Of all the movies, I was like, that's what you enjoy. <laughs> so anyway, if, if we have nothing else to say about um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, this has been a fun one. I hope you guys had a good time with uh, the questions, uh, whether they were subjective or objective. And uh, we'll continue this again next week. Uh, I'd like to once again uh, congratulate Tom for being our big winner of the week. Doug, good showing, of course. Um, I'd also like to thank our talented editor, KJ, who masterfully crafts these episodes. Also, I'd like to acknowledge IMDB, which is a great resource for movie information and is a resource we use for some of the background facts and trivia. You can also check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. Join us next time when we discuss Doug's recommendation, 1979's The Warriors. Looking forward to it. I'll see you guys then. Ding, 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 ding.